Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. A reflection from Shonda Rhine. When I was a kid, my father used to say to me all the time, the only limit to your success is your own imagination. And I took that as not just being financial success or work success. I took that as being every kind of success, love and family and emotional and everything. The only limit to your success is your own imagination. Whatever you can imagine is possible. As a successful woman, a single mother of three who constantly gets asked the question, how do you do it all? The answer is this. I don't. I, if I am accepting a prestigious award, I am missing my baby's first swim lesson. If I am at my daughter's debut in her school musical, I'm missing Sandra O's last scene ever being filled on Grey's Anatomy. If I am succeeding at one, I am inevitably failing at the other. That is the trade-off. And yet, I want my daughter to see me and know me as a woman who works. I want that example set for them. I like how proud they are when they come to my offices and know that they've come to Shondaland. There is a land, and it is named after their mother. Thus ends the reading. Whoa. Yeah. Isn't that good? That's Shonda Rhimes talking about fulfillment. Wow. And she actually said that uh, sitting across from Oprah. And so that's actually found um, in a conversation she had with Oprah Winfrey on the Super Soul uh, Sunday. Yeah. So good. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing. And I think it points to the struggle that a lot of women, a lot of parents, if there's gender equality being practiced in the household, have to deal with that we have to make choices. And I think this comes even before we become a parent. We have to figure out how am I going to be a great partner or girlfriend? How am I going to be a great, um, you know, at whatever career path that I have chosen? How am I going to be a great daughter? How will I be a great sister? How will I be a great friend? How can I do all of these things all at the same time? Because I can't be everywhere at once. I can't be fully committed everywhere all the time. And so I think she points to a struggle that a lot of folks face in modern society, which tells us that we have to be all things and be everywhere all at once. And, you know, with the rise of technology, that I have to respond to everything and everyone so quickly and in just the right way. So I think that's powerful. But I also think, you know, exactly as she states, as you closed out that reflection, it is powerful for your children or your family or your loved ones to show up and to see the fruits of your labor. So there's definitely that trade-off, and there's so much power, I think, in what she said there. Yeah, I, I just think Shonda has so much wisdom, and just I think she's a great example of trying to find a person who seeks to find the balance, so to say, and sometimes finding the balance is just understanding that you just can't, and accepting mm-hmm. that, making peace with it, and then just living life and knowing that there's always something to be missed out on and not having this constant state of FOMO. Um, FOMO is fear of missing out for anyone who doesn't know what that means. But we can't live in a constant state of that, right? We have to just live in the moment. We've got to say yes to something knowing that we're saying no to something else. And sometimes saying yes to everyone 
uh, is saying no to you. And saying no to everyone is ultimately saying yes to yourself. And so um, I really appreciate it, just this quote um, and her sharing this with Oprah um, about what it means for her to be fulfilled, what being fulfilled looks like, and just knowing that success doesn't necessarily mean uh, finances or monetary things and you know, it's it's just the everyday, right? It's the love, the family, yeah. the emotional. It's everything, right? So, um, yeah, we okay. limit ourselves when we don't dare to imagine outside of that. So that's, that, well, that's it for our reflection. <laughs> yeah, well, you said a lot of quotable stuff up in there. Sometimes you just can't, you know. I think that needs to be on its own T-shirt. That needs to be a tweet. Sometimes you just can't. And I think that's just the sad but also liberating truth of the matter, right? Like the sad part is I can't show up to every single thing that I might want to show up to. The liberating part of it is I can't show up to everything, and nor can you. So let's you just know, give each other some grace. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes my frustration, and I know this may be like a small pearly tangent, but sometimes, like, I get really frustrated with Paul. So I get with Paul in the Bible, um, mm. you know, not not the Pope, um, even though Pope's not Paul, but there are many Popes named Paul. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> or Paul down the street. We talking about right. the Apostle Paul from Scripture. <laughs> yes, the Apostle Paul. So um, I get frustrated with Paul when he's just like, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's like, yeah, that's real good in theory, but do you know how many black women, or just women in general, and just people that that has gotten to people in so many so much trouble, like we're always stretching ourselves thin, thinking that we literally can do everything um, through Christ who strengthens us. Like, yes, I do believe I can do many things and anything that Christ is calling me to do, um, but you get yourself in trouble. It's like, oh, in the name of I can do all things, you're trying to be here, there, and everywhere, and then you never make time to breathe. And you know what gets sacrificed the most in the name of I can do all things through Christ? It's people's devotional time, you know, and so I think this hearing this from Shonda is it, just very sobering, right? Um, and just taking care of ourselves and knowing that you know what, it's okay if you cannot literally do every single thing. And in the name of Christ, that you're trying to invoke some type of superpower um, to make you be superhuman to do every little thing. Sometimes that's just not going to happen, um, and that's okay too. Well, Amen. That is a word for somebody. So thank you for that, Pastor Portia. Yes. So with that, let's go ahead and transition over into the adventure that I want to share, which I feel piggybacks off of that. We have been talking throughout this season on Just Two Pearls about some of my experiences being a teaching assistant for the first time and all that that has added to my life and also all of the I can't be all things to all people that that has added to my life. I'm in the month of February. Uh, my student had a midterm paper due, it was due a couple weeks ago on Valentine's Day. And in their paper, they were required to do self-reflection about their own experiences being a gendered person, whatever that looks like for them, in terms of privilege and in terms of the intersections of their identities or lack thereof. And they were, of course, supposed to put it in conversation with themes and readings and videos that we have watched in our course over the course of the quarter. And, you know, Pearl, it was 
a new experience for me, leading people through doing this kind of work. I think as pastors, as ministers, Portia and I both do the work of helping people to reckon with their personal experiences, whether those experiences be large or small, um, traumatic or not. And so being in the context of teaching a class where in a lot of cases students were writing about trauma, students were writing about, in some cases, sexual violence or sexual violation, students were writing about abuse that they experienced at the hands of family members, students were writing about racism, about homophobia, um, just about, you know, family dynamics that denied the fullness of who they are. And then, of course, I had to grade all that. (laughs) And even during the process, I had to teach students how we might write about our experiences in a productive way. I had to introduce students to resources on campus because a lot of students, especially students of color, who have had these traumatic or abusive experiences while they were growing up have never actually sought counseling because it's something in some cases even that their family told them to forget about the experience and never to talk about it. And so this was the first time talking to me or writing a paper for me that they actually were even thinking in a really serious way about these things and thinking about it in a new light, that it wasn't their fault, that they hadn't done anything wrong, that they were a child and that someone else had abused them or they were a racialized body or they were um, a body that was a non- of a non-normative sexuality and that someone else had abused them and that that was not their fault. And then for other students in the class who have not had some of those traumatic experiences, maybe who grew up with sorts of privilege that they never even thought of before because they don't identify as being LGBT plus or because they don't identify as being a person of color. It was helping them to come to terms with what it means to be a person of privilege and how they might recognize difference um, in others and see it as a healthy spot where they can learn and grow and not as a spot in which they feel attacked because of their race or because, you know, they have this certain amount of privilege. And so it was a really new experience for me, but it was also an experience that pointed me toward the kinds of classrooms that we can have in our world, I think that we so rarely have. We so rarely encourage students to really consider how what they are learning in the classroom is in conversation with what's actually happening in their lives. We so rarely um, teach people, especially women of color, that every experience that they've had in their life does influence and does give them I feel an ability to understand the world around them and to do social sciences, to do the humanities, to do even the hard sciences in new and innovative ways that even those things that have been traumatic for us are a source of strength and power that make us better equipped to do our work. And they aren't things that we need to bury and hide away, but there are things that we need to speak out about and make sure that they don't happen in future generations. And so as much as that assignment challenged me as I was, you know, hearing all of these traumatic experiences and trying to help students find the help that they need. Um, It was also an experience that showed me the radical possibilities that can exist um, when we turn our classrooms into liberatory spaces instead of spaces where students feel confined or further marginalized. So that is my adventure from this month of February. It's been a whole thing because, of course, it takes Um, oftentimes for undergrads, a lot of effort even just to write a three or four page paper. So it's been really the entire month between helping them get ready and then grading. Um, And so, yeah, that was really quite an experience. And I wanted to share it with you, Pearl.
Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Jamie. It's so interesting, right? As you were like uh, talking about like the papers, and I'm like, you know, I have to remember to go back and extend myself some grace as an undergrad. Because I'm like, wow, like the things that we just didn't like know or could we just didn't get right, <laughs> um, and not even realizing it's the frustration that might have put on like our TAs or professors or whatever have you. But just like I'm just thinking back into my own life, like I should just extend some more grace back to that season of my life. You know, and God bless great teaching assistants such as yourself um, who have to deal with so much, you know, on the day-to-day. Girl, (laughs) you out here, Jamie. So it is now the end of Black History Month or the beginning of Women's History Month. And, of course, you know that we are the pearls, and so March for us is Black Women's History Month. We put it all together, and that is what you get. That's what's happening this month on Just Two Pearls. Um, But as we begin this Black Women's History Month, you know, Portia, I think we just need to reclaim this Black History Month. And maybe we just need a redo or a do-over in the month of March. What do you think? You know, we just need a a do-over for just 2019. Like, I just want to hit the reset button, right? Particularly, you know, I just want to hit the reset button altogether. Yeah, I was going to say just February. But, you know, if we could just hit the reset button, at least in terms of just, like, media. But February was trash, okay? Like, I don't think Black History Month was given the due and the respect that it deserved um, for a number of reasons. And so I actually saw Brittany Packnett, um, who's actually uh, the sister of, of one of our um, friends and colleagues from seminary, so Brittany Packnett was actually saying um, how Black History Month needs like a Black History Summer, that we should like reclaim it and just kind of like move toward the summer and just celebrating all year long um, and not limiting it to just the month because the month was just kind of like crazy. But apparently there was so much more that happened that I don't even think I realized because outside of just like a couple of events, I'm like, what happened this month? Like, just so many people are up in arms and angry, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I've just been the one under a rock. But, you know, it's still canceled, though. Once I come to the realization of, like, everything, yeah, we can, we can ax it. Cut like a television show, mid-season, cut. Yeah, so Black History Month 2019. I think we are coming off of these Barack Obama years where – it really did feel like we were making black history every day where you saw so much, you know, celebration of so-called black girl magic. Um, and, you know, I know Essence and other uh, black outlets really coined that phrase. And that really, I feel, took off, especially in the last four of the Obama years. Um, you know, we had the Black Lives Matter campaign, which I think was, yes, it was a response to black death, but it was also a celebration of black life, right, which is part of where, you know, a a Brittany Packnett comes out of. It felt like in terms of what was being shown in media and what people were even posting on their pages to so-called celebrate Black History Month, that we were going back to that place where it's like, oh, black people die, black people get killed, and that's what we want to remember. And it's like, no, we want to celebrate black life. We are celebrating how black people have made history and how we continue to make history. We are celebrating the fact that black people literally built this country through our labor, uh, through our prayers, through our faith, that we have built the foundation of what this nation is. And so to be posting stuff on your social media, talking about Happy Black History Month, and 
uh, first of all, if you are a white supremacist and doing that, stop. We don't need it. But second of all, if um, you're posting images of black death, black dying, posting images taking away from the true potential of black life, we don't need it. That's canceled. Furthermore, I think we want to point to both the wins and the losses of Black History Month, which is what Portia and I were talking about even before we started recording today. Um, Because as I said, Black people make history in good ways and in bad. You know, like one morning I was at the gym, and for some reason the news channel was doing, you know, they were doing this this day in history thing. Y'all seen that before? And for some reason there this day in history during this lovely Black History Month that I was trying to celebrate was like when Tiger Woods got like arrested. Do you remember that? When he was like acting crazy and he got arrested? Um, that was their this day in history. And they like also highlighted that they were highlighting this because it was Black History Month. They're not kidding. So they, just, it was so serious. Right. right. And so this is one of my like examples of it's like, no, you're actually taking like, you were taking something away from us with that. And Tiger don't even claim us with that. But that's a whole, that's for a whole different episode. Um, but it's like, why is the celebration on the things that have gone wrong for us, on our death, on our, you know, why is it on that and the celebration is not on our lives and all that we are contributing richly to society? You know, I just, sometimes, all right, so in the name of we need to redo over. You know what I, I, I have seen, Jamie? That's kind of been a frustration. So before we get to how we screwed some things up for ourselves, I want to note how uh, hashtag white folk um, can sometimes jack up Black History Month in the name of trying to be inclusive. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm being pre-petty, but it's fine. So, for instance, I went to a church. Um, to visit, um, you know, in the name of I want to worship anonymously. And the worship was great. But they interjected this black history moment. Now, mind you, this is a multi-ethnic church, or at least trying to be. Um, And they said, you know, uh, it's Black History Month, and so we want to show you this video montage for Black History Month of someone who's black history every day. And so it was this um, 20-something-year-old black girl who – is in the community doing community service. Um, she runs her own nonprofit, and um, they started off the segment about, yeah, I was, um, I was teased and I was mistreated by white people, and they would call me racial slurs, and this is the way it is. And it's like, wait a minute. I thought this was a black history moment. And so why do you have this black girl sharing her story about racism that has, not to say that it doesn't have anything to do with black history, but it's almost like what is the intention of this video? Like is it to highlight her doing that she is black history or is it to say like we have a racialized problem in America? Like I, just, I didn't understand the intention of the video. And so sometimes in the name of white spaces, predominantly white spaces trying to be more inclusive and to include the voices of black people, you essentially – do almost this erasure because you're not really getting to the root. You're not really celebrating history. You're trying to, like, talk about an issue that, that is real. But it's like, but what was the purpose of that? Like, it, the video was trash. You know, shout out to Sister Girl, who really is doing her thing out here. So, it's like, why not highlight 
the positivity of what she's doing. And it's not like, oh, let's speak out against injustice and racism in America. It was like a blanket to say, like, oh, uh, white people are being mean to black people in 2019. It's like, duh, we on the news and see that. But it, it was just, I don't know who their PR people are. I don't know who their uh, media communications team was. I was like, this is it's not good. But um, so that was mm-hmm. one of my precursor, you know, to say sometimes in the name of Black History Month, white folks ain't getting it right either. Um, mm-hmm. So it ain't all on us, but they're also a part of this. So I want to mm-hmm. add that in there. Mm-hmm. And right. And what I'm going to add before you go on to your next point is mm, Come on, my girl. white <laughs> sisters and brothers. I appreciate y'all when y'all are trying to be liberal and progressive. But stop in your churches singing spirituals and lift every voice and sing and messing it up. Also, stop singing in Spanish when you don't know how to say the word. You sound crazy. Stop that. That does not make you inclusive. It is offensive. Back to what Portia was saying. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, that that is exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, You know, like cliff note version, that's exactly what I'm saying. And so I would have just appreciated, um, you know, just some more context. Like, that that just was not good. Like, just wasn't good. But um, in addition, um, in terms of just, like, uh, positive things, because last year was a very blackly black year um, in America, and the Oscars decided to recognize that. So we want to clap, 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 clap for the Oscars. Um, the Oscars was not canceled this year. Um, and I think part of that is because they have a history of hashtag Oscars so white. Well, the Oscars was very black this year um, with so many people winning, so many people winning awards. But you want to know something, Jamie? Um, with Green Book winning Best Picture, I almost kind of felt like it was a borderline slap in the face. But what do you think about the Oscars? Yes, girl. So we want to shout out Ruth Carter uh, for winning for costume design for Black Panther. Those costumes were lit, very well deserved. Um, Spike Lee won his first Oscar. And see, these are the things where it's like a little bit complicated for me. Because I'm like, why? I mean, was that Regina King's first Oscar? Is this true? Regina King's first Oscar. Everyone's first Oscar except Mahershala Ali. Okay, we'll get to him in a second. Spice Lee, Regina King. Um, they both have been doing brilliant work for as long as Portia and I have been alive. Um, and we're not kids anymore. Yes, I want to celebrate, but with a caveat. I'm happy for them that they won their awards. Much deserved. I'm not saying don't give people awards because you've been slapping them in the face for years. At cer- a certain point, you know, it's time to give credit where credit is due. At the same time, why does it take y'all so long? And no, I'm sorry, I do not applaud you for, like, finally getting it right. And basically just so that, like, we'll, as black people, continue. My issue with Hollywood, and we'll get into this when we get to Green Book in a second, my issue with Hollywood is stop commodifying the stories of people of color, of queer folks, um, of trans folks. Stop commodifying the stories to try to get us to rally around you and give you support. Don't commodify black pain. Don't commodify the pain of, you know, I don't know if indigenous people other than that movie Roma, I'm not sure if indigenous people are even represented at all um, when we're talking about general film and TV representation. Um, You know, there's a little bit of queer representation from time to time. There's a little bit of trans representation, but most of the time those uh, roles are played by actors who are not trans. So stop commodifying the pain of marginalized people in order to sell tickets. And so, 
you know, I want to give a shout-out to Ruth Carter. I want to give a shout-out to Spike Lee, shout-out to Regina King. But long overdue, Oscars. Way long overdue. I mean, as many films as Spike has done. Um, and, and Ruth Carter worked on him, worked with him um, for some of his costuming. I think she did uh, Malcolm X, if, I'm, if I remember right, um, which should have been Oscar-nominated, um, which was robbed. And... I mean, just so many other things that Spike Lee has done just throughout the years. Um, besides uh, all, the, all of them, you know, great black folk, uh, Hannah, Hannah Beachler, who won for production design, like, who knew? Like, black women in technical categories, like, we don't, we're not just actresses and writers and designers, but we're also, well, obviously Hannah is a designer, but, you know, we're not just all... Uh, specific, you know, categories, you know, but we can also do production and set design. Like, there are so many ways to present our magic and to present our art and our talent and our gifts to the world. And so, I mean, if anybody remembers anything about Black Panther, it wasn't just the acting per se, but it was also just the beautiful, you know, just, it was stunning, and it, we just felt transported to the world of Wakanda, and everything was just gorgeous. And so shout-out to Hannah, shout-out to Ruth, Regina, Mahershala, Spike, um, Peter Ramsey, um, who was the director of uh, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which uh, was a, a black character, well, Latino character, Miles. You know, he was a person of color. Um, so there's all of that. So Oscars, kudos. Um, Green Book, eh, you know, not a black film. <laughs> Mahershal was in it, but, I mean, and Octavia Spencer's in it. But, like, come on. Like, mm, anyway, I digress. So, yeah, I haven't seen, you know, in defense of everything. Um, <laughs> I didn't see very many movies last year. I saw um, Black Panther, of course. We talked about that here on the podcast. And I did see If Beale Street Could Talk, which is a gorgeous, brilliant, like, flawless movie. The two leads were incredible. Neither of them were nominated. Um, Regina King, of course, was nominated and won, which is wonderful. But the music was beautiful. The set design was beautiful. Um, the story, it was so well written. And I would like to see movies like that being nominated more. You know, we don't have to win every time, but it should have been nominated for more than what it was nominated for. I will put it like that. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, we had our wins, and we took some L's, and where do we go from here? Okay, so the allegedly reportedly L, because we won't, I don't think we'll ever really get the truth on this until much later down the line, because every day it's a different story. But um, Brother Jesse, um, we don't really, honest, to, to be honest and truthful, we don't really have all the evidence. And I say that to say because one day, you know, it's, he got attacked and the, and the entire culture jumped in to save his, you know, to, to rescue him, to be behind him. And then the next moment it's, oh, Jesse lied. And then everyone got so angry and in an uproar. And then people had all these things to say. Um, some things were actually very painful um, to hear because at the end of the day, it's like 
it's just, you know, this derogatory against him. Um, And I'm not defending him at all. Um, And at the same time, because we don't really know what was said, what wasn't said. Um, And and it's told, told story, right? And then you have now, oh, well, there's evidence that Jesse might be telling the truth. It's like, you know, all of this stuff is just like the way that the media spins stories or the way that the media infiltrates and just shares stuff. It's like we don't really have a clear picture. Either way, whether regardless of the truth, regardless of what has happened or what hadn't happened, we have a problem with hate crime against black queer men, black gay men, transgender women, we ha- trans people, like in general. We have such an issue um, with hearing their stories uh, as a community, and I find that to be problematic. So my issue is not so much with whether Jesse was telling the truth or not, as much as what was the response of the people. And I think as a community, we showed our tale. I think we showed our tale in terms of how supportive we can be, but I also think we showed our tale just how easy we are to cancel people. And so I'm not saying whether he lied or told the truth because at the end of the day, I can only speak from where I sit. And what I witnessed was people going back and forth. I understand being angry. I understand being set. And it's all angry. The whole, the whole situation is angry. And I don't know the truth, so I have not spoken about it. Um, per se, but at the end of the day, there is issues with this kind of stuff happens every day, and we don't be truthful about it. We turn blind eyes to it. And so there are people literally attacking black queer people, black trans people every single day, and we've got to talk more about it. And so that becomes my issue. And in Black History Month, we, don't talk, we didn't talk about those things like we should have. Um, we didn't illuminate those stories like we should have. We didn't go um, to the table on these stories like we should have. Um, and that, to me, is an L for the community. Um, we shouldn't have to wait for a celebrity, something to happen to a celebrity, for us to care about the lives and the well-being of black queer, black trans, just black people in general, and the violent attacks that happen. So that's what I want to say about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I think we saw just, I mean, we totally showed our behind even with, I was just looking it up to make sure I had the actor's name correct, Billy Porter, um, who showed up to the Oscars in this gorgeous tuxedo dress, tuxedo gown. The way that different black folks responded to that. I think we really need to get serious in our community, first of all, about being loving toward each other, but also owning up to our stuff. How is it an attack on black masculinity for one black man to be confident in himself and wear what he wants to wear in public? If we feel like that is an attack on black masculinity, then we, I believe, are sadly mistaken. I believe we are confused. And I believe that we need to address that as a community. I don't know what else to say about that. I think it's a painful, sad truth that someone else who happens to look like me living in their truth that I feel like in some way that that is harming me. It is an attack on black masculinity when white supremacists 
coming us crazy, try to destroy our homes, try to destroy our families, um, kill black men, um, disproportionately um, policing and imprisoning and incarcerating black men. That is the attack on black masculinity. Another black man living in his truth. If that is an attack on black masculinity, I, I, we're, we're confused if that's our opinion. And so, you know, I so appreciate everything that you said about the way that we as a community have responded to the Jesse Smollett situation. I think, like you said, the jury's still out on that particular situation, but the truth of the matter is that black folks are under attack, and especially when black folks have areas of marginalization other than just their blackness, um, for example, queerness, transness, homelessness, single mothers, poor single mothers, that it adds another layer of pain to the experience that already comes with being black. And we as black people don't need to compound each other's pain. Like there's already enough of that. We don't need to do that to each other. I agree. I have 100%, 50 million, kajillion, bazillion, trillion. Yeah, all the millions agree. Um, and just, oh Lord, I tell you, we, we got to do better. Like, that's not even an understatement. Like, that's so for real. Like, we just got to do better. We just all got to do better. You know, Jesus, oh, Lord Jesus, I, we just got to do better. Especially, you know, maybe that's what we all need to do, committing in the Lenten season, is just committing to do better. You know, how about we fast from the stuff, like, that, that just don't make sense? Like, we just got to do better. Um, Robert, fast, fast from the policing of people's bodies who are not you. Unless that person is directly walking up, putting their hands on you, forcing you to do something that you do not want to do, and that is a crime, and you should handle that. But if somebody is outside of you, if I see a man walking down the street in high heels, no matter, like, if I think he looks pretty, ugly, indifferent, that is none of my business. Why don't we give up for Lent minding other people's business as um, – my dear colleague, Brittany, who will be on a future episode, says, like, why don't you just, like, go somewhere, sit yourself down, and drink some water? Like, mind your business. Maybe that's what you should do for Lent. Mind your business and drink some water. Hydrate yourself. Girl, I got a whole sermon I'm writing on mind your business. <laughs> like, for real. Um, like, and that's not a game. And I, and I am so excited to preach it. Um, so stay tuned, saints and pearls alike. Um, yeah. So I, I am super excited about it, only because you said that. But, no, it's true, though. Like, we got to mind our business um, and focus out here just in everybody else's stuff. Like, and to your point about touching women, I was going to the biggest loss of all, but, but a victory, but then yet a mm. loss because mm. Robert Kelly, um, who has been out here, out here, out here, and then finally turned himself in. But wait, plot twist, okay? As of this week, he could not post bail. So a woman, a woman in Chicago who claims to be a friend of his bails him out. Jamie bails him out. And she owns, she owns a child care facility. What kind of human being are you? You're going to bail out the predator. 
And I had said this earlier to Jamie, just when we thought we won, we lost. Right, just when we finally caught him, just when we finally thought we had something on, here comes another person trying to stir the pot. Like, just stop it. Let him sit in prison. He gonna go. He going down. He going away. Hmm. He going away. And you know what? He's just done so many bad things. That don't even cut it. I think that is an understatement. He's done so many evil things. That's exactly what it is. Evil. Because they're bad. And then there's evil. You can do a bad thing and still be a good person. But I think when you choose to lean and say evil, that anyway, Robert Kelly, predator, needs to be an enemy of the state. I wish I had something profound to say about this. I do not. I do think that I was quite irritated in this past month of February when I was on Spotify you know, Spotify curates this little list for you, and they're usually lovely. I get to hear things that I maybe haven't heard before. It's lovely. Spotify, men who abuse women and who we know this to be true, do not put them on my playlist of music that I need to hear. I don't need to hear it. I don't need to consume it. And in all honesty, this gentleman. I'm not going to, you know, get into his name, but there are other gentlemen like him in Hollywood, in music, in everywhere. Stop letting them earn money off of the fact that they have manipulated and abused other people. I don't care if they're a white man, a black man, a Latino man, an Asian man, if they are indigenous, if they are mixed race, if they uh, say that they transcend the category of race. I don't care who they are. Men who abuse children, who abuse women, we do not need to support their work in any way, shape, or form. Women who abuse women, who abuse children, who abuse other people, we do not need to support their work in any way, shape, or or form. Everyone makes mistakes. I believe that. I believe that there is space for redemption. That is not the case in these people who I'm talking about. These people are chronic abusers. They chronically have intentionally harmed other people. I don't know if it's because of their own pain. I don't know if it's because they are power tripping. I don't know what it is. But what they need is intervention and psychological help. What they do not need is us just letting them enrich in themselves off of the pain of others. That's not what we need. So, so, so no, I'm not feeling it. No. And don't put them on my playlist, Spotify. Don't do it. Thank you very much. Don't do it. Well, Jamie, I think we have said all that we have needed to say yes, for today as we want to do over for Black History Month. Um, if you want to start the petition on, um, on uh, what is it called, petition.org, we can do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Maybe we need to put a poll, a poll in our Insta stories. Who wants to redo? <laughs> Who wants to do Who over? Who wants to redo? You know what? What's today? March 1st? Yeah, we'll make that our Insta story. So y'all go ahead and take the poll. Let us know if you want to redo. We want to redo. I want to redo. But you know what? Black History is 365. Um, And 28 28 days, you know, okay, you know, I don't know what the percentages are, but a 28-day short month don't dictate the other 11 that we have left. So we can definitely um, make 
the remainder of 2019, you know, just some good old black freedom and just some good old, you know, quintessential sounds of blackness and all that other good stuff um, and celebration of just what is happening um, among us because there will be some awesome things that are to come. But as for being petty, you know, I have so many thoughts on so many things to be petty about. Um, I particularly would like to be petty um, regarding the hashtag church universal, but I'm going to save that for um, our church episode that is forthcoming on um, hashtag he ain't die for that <laughs> coming to a good Friday near you or, or a post-resurrection near you. And so until then, I'm going to be petty in the most pettiest of ways. Because Black History Month was just so gosh darn petty, and even though we had some small victories, I am choosing to not give an official petty pearl. So I'm going to be petty by not being petty, which it means I'm still being petty. So there you go. You'll deal with it. You'll get over it. You'll still love us. And we'll catch you all next time. Yay, thanks for always listening to Just Two Pros. We love y'all. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just2pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.